Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Today on the show, we have Judge Adam Germain uh, on the phone today to discuss uh, his book that he came out with last year, uh, as well as a bit about his life. He is a pretty interesting character to have here on Fort McMurray Matters. Joining me on the phone is Judge Adam Germain. Uh, how are we doing here today? Not bad. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just well, a little cold, but uh, we're, we're doing all right. Now, uh, Judge Germain, you released your book a little while ago now. Uh, remind us uh, how this book uh, came about and took shape. Okay, well, when I was practicing law in Fort McMurray and got interested in uh, provincial politics and some of the uh, stories of the uh, early clients in Fort McMurray and the boomtown conditions in Fort McMurray, the unique uh, mix of people that had decided to come up there. I thought there might be a book uh, in that. And uh, then uh, as my own career blossomed, um, I turned my uh, notes uh, into little short uh, stories intending to help with uh, uh, history, uh, family history for my grandchildren. Then as the book developed and as uh, technology improved so that you could talk and the uh, computer would print the, the spoken word, um, it got a little easier, and I accelerated my goal. And then when I became a judge, I realized that I was with a group of very interesting people and that I would hear very interesting cases uh, that that could be uh, disguised a bit and uh, set out as a little lesson in the law. So it just blossomed from that. Tell us a little bit about those early years you touch on in the book. I understand that uh, you have some ties to not only Regina, where I'm from, but uh, also Winnipeg. Yeah, I, yeah, my little life started in Winnipeg, uh, and uh, then we kept moving west. And uh, uh, the initial uh, early years were very stressful for 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 me and my uh, siblings. We uh, we were raised by a single parent, uh, our father, and uh, he um, he meant well and he tried hard, but he was uh, um, only a marginally employable individual with very few skills. And so we always lived uh, on the uh, on the edge of uh, poverty or right in the bucket of poverty. So that th- th- those interesting stories from the early years in Regina are, uh, uh, are, are some of my uh, most interesting memories. And that part of my book uh, was both the most difficult to read and also, um, in my view, uh, the most important part of the book. I understand you have quite the tie to the Regina Public Library. Uh, yeah, the public library, you could say, together with uh, dedicated school teachers at the schools we went to, uh, helped shape uh, our careers because we didn't have any uh, reading material at home and no money for it. Uh, and uh, so we would go to the public library uh, that was just south of uh, Dudney Avenue in Regina, and it became basically uh, a, a refuge for us that we could use to escape uh, the tedium of our day-to-day lives. 
So I have a warm spot for the Regina Public Library. I've donated several books to the library, and I understand uh, that they are being read and going out and coming in. So uh, folks in Regina are reading a little bit about the, the period of time in the late 50s to the to 69, basically, uh, during the time I was in Regina. Politics in the 1990s as well. You were Fort McMurray's only liberal MLA. Uh, how does that rank uh, amongst the accomplishments in uh, your time and your career? I enjoyed that time in politics, but I quickly realized that once you're in politics, if you're in opposition, um, you might as well mail it in because you can't get anything done. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, the, the Alberta political scene uh, has always catered to these large, long-running dynasties, um, and uh, so they evolved. Uh, when the province of Alberta was first created, the very first premier was a liberal premier, but then the Liberal Party went into pretty much exile, and they had these long dynasties. So if you're in a province where you have these long dynasties, it is very hard in opposition to get anything done because there's no promise of being the government uh, next time around. So ultimately, people shy away from you. I quickly realized in uh, in uh, provincial politics that if you're not in the government side, it is very, very tough. And given the current political climate uh, we're seeing now, does it ever seem possible to you that uh, a liberal MLA will ever end up in Fort McMurray ever again? Uh, there is one advantage in the, to Fort McMurray in that Fort McMurray is a very small L liberal community, and it has a large population of, uh, of residents that have their roots back in the province of Newfoundland. And Newfoundland has generally been a small L liberal and in cycle a large L liberal province. So you have those attitudes that come to Fort McMurray and so when I ran uh, federally uh, in, in, for the federal election, I was able as a liberal to win Fort McMurray handily, but I could not overcome the, uh, the uh, conservative, uh, the, then the Reform Party uh, uh, pressure through the rest of the riding. So I don't know if there will ever be another liberal uh, MLA uh, because the Liberal Party has faded now from the political scene in Alberta. But these things have a way of recycling. It's just that in anybody's lifetime, they may only recycle once. I did want to touch on that uh, trip to federal politics here, but I also wanted to ask, uh, I understand that you nearly became the leader of the Alberta Liberal Party, too. I guess, how did that come about? And uh, uh, how? Did, I guess, again, how did that take shape? Well, what happened is I had no intention of becoming the leader of uh, any political party, Um one of the issues that I had to confront when I was in politics is that I also had to keep practicing law in Fort McMurray. First, because I had a large client base that was calling on me. And secondly, with the kids coming up to university, I, I needed the, 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 the money. Anybody who's got children in high school or university understands how you, you're always broke and you never have anything but lint in your pockets. So, uh, but there was enough MLAs that when Lawrence Decor uh, was quite ill and decided he would retire, there were enough MLAs that pressed me to uh, 
to uh, take a run at the federal uh, politics, at the provincial leadership. And um, I felt to honor their requests, I would try that. And I met with Fort McMurrayites and the constituents and my supporters in Fort McMurray. And they thought it was a good idea because it would bring it would bring profile to the community of Fort McMurray. And at that time, Fort McMurray had these two giant established oil sands plants, but we were trying to race forward with our destiny, and that required a lot of support from the provincial government, the federal government, the municipal government. So the local community thought that there was no downside. Um, I guess the downside for me is I might have gotten elected there, won the leadership, but it turned out I didn't. And again, as I drove back on the campaign bus from Calgary, where we had our leadership convention, I placed second. We had our leadership convention, and I realized again that there is a God, because uh, it would have been a lonely uh, task. The individual who won the job, uh, Grant Mitchell, quickly found that the Liberal Party was disintegrating, and uh, the next leader, Nancy Bukowski, uh, took it nowhere and it finally just uh, diminished completely. We'll be back with more from Judge Adam Germain next on Fort McMurray Matters. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally, and Judge Adam Germain is back on the phone with us here today. Trip to federal politics, particularly the 1997 federal election. Uh, How are you feeling heading into that election and, uh, again, that uh, eventual defeat? We, uh, there's a chapter in my book devoted to that. There was three reasons for uh, the defeat. Uh, first, the first reason was we had too many elections in Fort McMurray, one right after another. We had a provincial election where our mayor, Guy Boutillier, got elected. So then we had to have a municipal uh, by-election to elect the new mayor. And then the week later, we had the federal election. So everybody was tired in Fort McMurray. And although I won the constituency there again, I just couldn't overcome the rest of the riding. Um, I, so I didn't, uh, didn't succeed there. That was the first situational problem. The second situational problem is I didn't start quick enough. Um, I didn't um, make the decision to run federally fast enough to campaign. If I'd have been campaigning uh, as a provincial MLA with one eye on the federal uh, election, uh, then I think I would have I would have done much better. And the last thing is that uh, the prime minister of the day, Jean Chrétien, who was very popular, um, felt that he would do better in the rest of the riding just on the strength of his name and the party uh, because he had delivered some pretty good things for Canada. Oil sands development was looking up, but national debt was going down. Finance Minister Paul Martin was doing a great job. The budget was suddenly balanced, and balanced budgets have not been the kind of keyword of the Liberal Party uh, over many years. But here were these two individuals Chrétien and Paul Martin, that were, in my view, true liberals in that they were liberal on social issues, but fiscal conservatives in terms of realizing that you've got to balance these budgets. You can't live um, just like you and I can't live on credit. Governments and nations can't live on credit either. Sooner or later, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, wheel hits the wall. 
and that's when it's very ugly. Do you feel that's an issue current day uh, with the Liberal Party in power? The Liberal Party in power has right now governed through some of the most difficult times in in uh, Canadian history. Uh, first of all, people are very, very agitated uh, all over, not I mean, you go to Great Britain, they're agitated. You go to Germany, they're agitated. You go to Italy, they're agitated. You come here down to the United States, you can see that people are very, very agitated. And a lot of the current problems are going to be very difficult to serve, to to solve. So it doesn't matter who's in power, whether you're a new Democrat, you're a conservative, you're a liberal, you're a green you have to govern from the middle of the spectrum and you have to govern what is almost an unwieldy um, population. So the Liberal Party, uh, so let's take just one more current example, the, the uh, Palestinian-Israel um, uh, uh, war that's going on now. Canada is an open community. Uh, free speech is permitted and guaranteed in our constitution. So we have many people in Canada that have a Muslim uh, Islamic background and many people in Canada that have a Jewish background. This has led to tremendous tensions. So how does one person sit in the middle of that, like the prime minister, ever solve these problems? Even the courts, the Supreme Court of Canada, the Supreme Court of the United States are being asked to weigh in on issues that would have been inconceivable 15 years ago. So it is very, very, very tough in politics today. It is very tough to be a politician today, whatever your political stripe. And we are going to see a turning away of good people from running for these offices, because why would they? Why would they subject themselves to that? For sure. Uh, switching gears a little, uh, your time as a federal judge, you've had some memorable cases, I'm sure, over the years. What are some of those cases that you see as highlights in your career? The ones that you think you'll remember for many years to come. Well, I wrote about a few of them in the book, but I didn't, couldn't write about all of them. Uh, the Editorial, I got advice. Uh, the editorial advice I got on writing a book, whether it's fiction or uh, biography, was to be under 450 pages of reasonably sized type. If you're over that, people just don't buy. It becomes like War and Peace, and it's very hard to to read. So, I did write about some of the memorable cases in um, in my book. Um, There were many more. Um, I mean, many of these cases are so, so discouraging and so dehumanizing that you leave a little bit of your soul behind with every case. And finally, by the time you are ready to retire, it's like you have no soul left because you've seen almost all of the indignities that people can do to one another. You've seen people in family law disputes get all bent out of shape, fighting over a set of dishes and not realizing the impact and the trauma they're having on their children. It, it's uh, uh, the, the senseless killings, the uh, 
robberies for, you know, $50 or $10, leave someone in a wheelchair. All of these drain your soul so that by the time you're ready to retire as a judge, you probably have no soul left. That's a tremendous way to put it, uh, Judge Germain. Uh, again, a recent case that attracted national attention was, of course, uh, the Pastor Pulowski case uh, and his contempt of court. Uh, is that one that you still look back on? No, it was just part. I mean, from the point of view of of uh, Pastor Pulowski, I mean, he felt very strongly that the provincial government was uh, shafting him and and his followers felt very strongly about that. But if you strip away all of the rhetoric, the, the decisions that I had to make were very, very straightforward. If they were whether uh, I didn't have to decide whether the health care experts were correct or incorrect. All I had to do is find that there was a certified court order that had been served on him and that he hadn't obeyed it. And um, I made my decision that that he didn't obey the order, and uh, the case went to, to the Court of Appeal, and the Court of Appeal said that he wasn't bound by the order because it wasn't specific enough. It didn't, in, in these injunction orders, they try to catch a wide group, uh, so they'll name somebody, and then they try to describe another group that might be affected by the order, and um, I concluded that the order did catch uh, uh, Pastor Pulowski. Uh, the Court of Appeal concluded it, it didn't, and so that was the end of the case. But I had already decided to end my book before I took on that assignment, so it's not mentioned in the, in the book. Otherwise, if I ever wrote a sequel, um, this, the whole discussion of COVID and the courts would be an interesting uh master's thesis or a uh, book uh, that would be of great interest. Um, COVID affected our society greatly in some good ways and in some bad ways. Um, And it was a plague and we'll continue to have plagues in the world. Um, Hopefully they'll not come around any more frequently. The last big plague before COVID was the Spanish flu plague uh, in the early part of the uh, the 20th century. Uh, But we'll have plagues, and plagues always um, uh, bring out both the best and the worst in people, and that will continue to be the case. Coming up, more from my conversation with Judge Adam Germain here on Fort McMurray Matters. Ryan McNally here, your host for Fort McMurray Matters, as we're about to wrap up our conversation with Judge Adam Germain. You had a great point in that last little answer. Next book, is there any potential for a sequel? Uh, I'm kind of working on a fictional... uh, uh, I'm kind of working on a fictional novel involving a character uh, in the far north who ends up uh, building an aviation uh, uh, company and uh, opening up the north and has lots of little adventures uh, flying around. And I'm, going, I'm building on my uh, flying um, uh, history as a pilot, 
uh, for, for some of that background. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a dream. And every so often I, I grab my, uh, uh, drag and dictate, uh, voice, uh, recognition software and I'll add a paragraph or an outline or something. Whether I can do that in my lifetime or not, who knows? But we always need dreams. Well, yes, uh, you mentioned a good uh, dream to have, too. Um, wanted to also mention that uh, we do remember the uh, passing of Leo Robert. Uh, maybe tell us about uh, Mr. Robert and uh, how you two worked together over the years. Again, the anniversary of uh, his passing coming up here in March. Yeah, uh, we, we were uh, rocked by uh, Leo's death. Uh, he was one of my first clients, and he was a very loyal so. Lawyers measure their clients by their uh, their dedication to the law firm, uh, their support of the law firm, uh, their consistency. Uh, you know, they're not running here and there. They're they're picking their horse and riding it through their whole business career. And Leo was like that. He he formed up with our law firm, Campbell and Germain Law Firm, and he stayed basically uh, till he retired and he was absolutely a wonderful client but what was so great about leo was his willingness to give to the community and he wasn't the only one john wilson was in that group uh, we did what we could it was all about making fort mcmurray a better place and so leo did get a chapter in my book and um uh, it, some of it was fairly sensitive so i i of course got leo's permission first and he had he had seen that chapter completely and although the book was not released before he passed away he knew what was going to be said and he approved and so uh, it was it, i enjoyed writing that chapter and many people in fort mcmurray that have already bought the book uh, have come back to me with their own little anecdotes and you know indicated how much leo had meant to them how he had helped them through tough times what was it like meeting him for the first time? Oh, well, any any of the Fort McMurrayites, if, if if you're broadcasting this into Fort McMurray, I mean, Leo was Leo. I mean, he was bigger than life. He'd come into the office and uh, right away at the swearing and telling me how innocent he was about the what he'd been charged with and and how these guys were were trying to railroad this Frenchman and. It was it was just fun. Uh, Leo was absolutely fun. Uh, he, meeting him was one of those events in the office where you went around and you introduced him to everybody because you knew that this guy was going to be a wonderful client. And and you know what? He was going to bring in a little variety. Uh, the law, practicing law, is uh, routine. Generally routine with the odd piece of. Uh, of um, of uh, uh, alarm thrown in. I mean, you know, you're doing basic incorporations, basic real estate deals, um, basic civil litigation. It develops after years of sameness. But with Leo, there was never a sameness. <laughs> uh, I understand, uh, you know, he rolled into Fort McMurray with uh, just a single welding truck. Uh, you know, watching his business grow, had to be something special, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't even know if he had a single welding truck. That would be uh, much more than than I uh, 
thought. I thought he came into Fort McMurray basically with a tool bag and some kind of an older vehicle, but it may have been a welding truck. But but Leo was very, very, very talented. I mean, he could take a piece. He was one of these guys that could take a piece of equipment and make a couple of modifications, and, and you'd have a caterpillar or somebody scratching their heads wondering why they didn't think of, of that themselves. He was... He, he was, uh, sometimes people would underestimate Leo as they uh, inappropriately tend to do sometimes if somebody uh, is speaking um, in, a, in a dialect and Leo had a heavy, heavy French accent. You could tell English was his second language, but, but he was unbelievably sharp. I mean, he, if he had gone to engineering school, he would have probably been designing space uh, rockets uh, uh, or uh, for NASA. He was very, very a brilliant man. Judge uh, Adam Germain, thank you so much for taking the time here today. Uh, we look forward to having you again on here uh, sometime soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to just close, if you don't mind, by uh, saying hello to the folks in Regina. If you're broadcasting in Regina and in Fort McMurray, if you're broadcasting in Fort McMurray, uh, to remind everybody that all of the profits from Adam's journey are going to charity, and uh, they can get the book by uh, by going to the publisher, Page Master Publishing, and order it online. And every penny of profit is going to charity. That was our show for today. Big thank you to Judge Adam Germain for joining us to discuss his book, as well as a little bit about uh, his life story uh, here on Fort McMurray Matters. Thank you again for listening to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally, and have yourself a great day.